Good morning. Welcome to church. For the next uh, two Sundays, we will have online church, but no meeting in the park. And uh, we will not have activities during the week for the summer break. Uh, hope to see you the 30th of August uh, for Planted. Please make sure to register. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me no God was formed, nor shall there be after me. I, I am the Lord. Planted every year is a highlight for us as a ministry uh, because we as a region come together and trust God to give us direction for the year ahead. Um, this year is no exception. We're going to trust God to speak to us. Although the format will be changing uh, because of COVID-19, we all are so used to doing everything online these days. And I want to encourage you to be part of it this year. We know that without vision, people are directing themselves by their own vision. And uh, it's so important that we remember that God always works collectively. And so we need to get together as a church and I want to ask you to prioritize Planted 2020 with us uh, to uh, that weekend set apart a time where we can go and inquire from God. The format will be changing. Uh, as you know, we will do it online. We will still have the speakers uh, from South Africa. We will have our international leader, Pastor Heinrich Titus, and also regional leader, uh, from Gauteng, Philip Bosov um, from the Pretoria Church that's going to join us. We will also have the pastors from Utrecht in the Netherlands uh, that will be um, speaking to us. And we're going to uh, talk about topics that is relevant to reaching the nations. Um, and uh, we really trust that we will be able to reach the nations by putting God first. So topics that we will discuss is how do we use the vision that God has given us to, um, to direct ourselves toward what God wants to do? Um, how do we mobilize the people around us? And how do we use the ministries that God has given us to be effective platforms of growth? Uh, so please join us this year. We will use the opportunity to also break out in different breakout rooms uh, as we discuss each topic during the weekend. This will give us the opportunity to actually speak about what God is saying to us and brainstorm around it and make sure that we get an action plan going forward into this next season. There's a season of great expectation and we need to know how to um, change the wineskins that we had in the past so that we take the best out of what God has in store for us for the new season. So we'll have breakout rooms. You will be able to register and then choose your uh, stream uh, or breakout stream um, that will suit your ministry best uh, so that you can brainstorm with other people that are like-minded in uh, certain ministries and can, uh, can join you in discussing these things. Let's trust God for a new season, a new breakthrough um, for the season ahead and that he can prepare us and change our hearts and align our hearts to what he has in store. Register for Planted 2020. Um, you can do so on our website, shofaronline.uk. Our ministry is funded by the generous giving of our members and friends. Kindly support this ministry by giving towards our cause. We are all affected by the current circumstances, but sadly some are more affected than others in this difficult time. Please help us to help those in need by giving towards our BodyServe account. Good morning and welcome from the lovely Goldsworth Park Lake. Um, this morning I wanted to share with you from um, Luke 21 where it speaks about um, the widow's offering and so this is it it says as he looked up 
Jesus saw that the rich were putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. I tell you the truth, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had to live on. And when Jesus looks at um, <coughs> the offerings that people bring, he's not necessarily interested in the amount. He's really interested in what's happening in our hearts when we're actually giving that money um, into the treasury. Are we giving out of obligation? Are we giving out of um, cultural tradition? Are we giving out of, um, yeah, because we kind of have to? Or do we come and bring joyfully to the Lord um, a small portion of what he's already given us? And so this morning I also wanted to share from James 3 where it speaks about how um, a stream cannot have more than one source. There's always one source. You can't have both sweet water and bitter water coming out of a stream. And he's speaking about the tongue, but the source obviously is what's in the heart. And what comes out of the heart will come out of our mouths. And when we look at the source, is our stream sweet or is it bitter? And what is coming out when we are bringing our praise and our worship to God. And so it's really important this morning that we, we look at what the state of our hearts are um, as we are bringing our, our worship, as we are bringing our offerings to the Lord. Um, so the scripture I wanted to share was from James 3. And it says, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in, in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water come from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. So this morning, I want us to just look at our hearts um, as, we, as we bring our offerings. Um, and yeah, ponder on what's actually happening in our hearts as we give, as we tithe um, from that which we've been given. I'm just going to give us a moment just to consider and contemplate um, our hearts as we do that. Father God, we just want to say thank you, Lord, that we can come and bring you a small portion of what you've given us. We thank you, Father God, that you are so kind and so generous towards us, Lord, and we can just bring such a small portion of that back to you, Father God. Help us examine our hearts this morning, Father God. And come with, with a pure heart before you, Lord, and a humble knee. Lord, as we come and put our, our, our gifts and offerings down before you. Thank you, Father God, that we can consecrate this to you <coughs> with all of our hearts. And we ask, Father God, that you will extend your kingdom through it. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much, everybody. Have a wonderful day. Bye. morning it's amazing to spend some time with you um, in a very hot humid London uh, we are not complaining because it's summer and uh, you know we've been waiting the whole year uh, for times like this one of these days we'll put on our coats again so um, so we are not complaining but um, it is amazing summertime and uh, we want to extend our thank to you for every week coming onto this platform, uh, this online platform to, uh, to join us for our services. Uh, we are busy discovering what God is saying to us and uh, it's precious to fellowship with you around these concepts and, um, and these truths as God shows it to us and as God reveals his heart to us. I want to share a word with you which I believe is in season. I believe it's something that God wants to stir in our hearts and I'm trusting that this morning will be a blessing to you. Um, please share it even with others uh, so that they can be part of what God is, is doing in our lives. So Matthew chapter 13 verse 44 to 46. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. So the kingdom of heaven we know is a concept that Jesus brought in. Um, he was speaking a lot about the kingdom. Uh, these were one of the parables that he um, spoke about the kingdom um, and um, that he revealed certain secrets about the kingdom. Now we know the kingdom as being the rule and reign of God in our lives. So the kingdom is wherever God rules in our lives and God's will be established through our lives. 
So, so Jesus is now revealing again some secrets on it. It says the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all he has. So he was joyful. He was excited. Um, and he goes and sells all that he has to buy this field. And again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Um, a beautiful scripture that we know and that we often ponder and uh, I just want to give some insight in, in, in things that God is revealing to us this morning. So we had the privilege of going on a little bit of a road trip, me and my wife, last week. And we are, uh, you know, at the point of our lives where we are married for 20 years. And it's, it's actually something precious. You uh, every year just um, realize what grace it is to stay together and to stay being in love and and to embrace one another and make one another a priority. Um, but the children stayed over with um, with uh, their cousins. And um, and so, yeah, it was uh, amazing to, um, to drive through the areas of Portsmouth. Uh, friends of ours blessed us with their house. Uh, we went to um, Plymouth and there, from there to Oh, Dirtledore, amazing, beautiful place. Um, please go there if you haven't been there, but um, precious, beautiful. Yeah, Dirtledore, amazing place. It's, um, it's a beautiful place. My wife actually joked, she said that she always wanted to, to have in our, on our 20th um, anniversary, uh, she wanted to go to the Greek islands and, um, and uh, because of the limitations now, we, we could not. And, um, and so uh, we went to Dildor and she, she said, looks like, you know, the Greek islands. <laughs> and uh, I at least took her out to a Greek restaurant afterwards the evening. So um, she had a Greek experience. Um, but um, a beautiful place. And then from there, we went to uh, friends of ours in uh, Penzance. And, and there, uh, just to be on those beaches in, in Cornwall, it's it's amazing. But uh, returning, we drove through the wheat fields and the farmers were busy um, harvesting. And, um, you know, it's beautiful to see these ripe fields. You know, the sun is shining on uh, these fields and the farmers are just rushing through the fields with their tractors and implements to, um, to gather in the... Uh, the wheat and to take it to um, the storehouses and um, and we passed this one field and my wife was actually napping next to me um, in the car as I was driving I was just um, praying you know it was, it's so excited when you see uh, ripe fields it reminds you of the harvest and you know and the kingdom and and um, and so this one field was actually on fire and this ripe corn was busy burning and and, and fast, uh, but I saw this farmer just rushing through the field, and his focus was not on the fire and the smoke, but rather on gathering in as much of the harvest as he could, in order to bring it to this, the place of safety, the storehouse. And um, and we naturally, you know, want to always run to the issues and the problems and. You know the distractions in life rather than to um, to gather in that which is precious and i realized for that farmer working the whole year on this crop for him the main focus is not the fire and the distractions it's bringing in the harvest you know uh, to uh, to celebrate that which he worked and labored hard for and um and it's a reminder for me and, and the holy spirit just dropped in my spirit that you know, for us in the kingdom, it's exactly the same. We get distracted on all kinds of nonsense rather than to focus on the things that God has called us to. And I want to quickly this morning unpack a few things uh, with you. Um, in uh, Matthew 13, we see this peasant working in the field. He discovers this um, treasure. Uh, he quickly put it back into the ground, covered it again, and then later... He sells everything to attain this piece of land so that he can rediscover the treasure that, um, that he saw in the field. 
And, um, you know, one thing that I take out of this is that the kingdom might be hidden to the world and not everyone sees the, the treasure they are. But for those who see it, they find themselves at a place where they will sell out and prioritize only the kingdom. Now, wherever we read about the kingdom, we must remind ourselves that the kingdom is about the rule and reign of God in our lives. Which means that only when God really rules and is in control of our lives can we experience the kingdom. The king, the king ruling in his kingdom. And so, how do we recognize, you know, that which is precious? How do we recognize something of great value? Because... You will only give up everything if you know what is precious. If you know that there's something more precious uh, that you must prioritize your life around, then you can give up everything else. And for this peasant, it even says that in verse 25, oh, 45, it says, Then in his joy he goes. Because it's such an amazing treasure, it's it's joyful. There's no sentiment even to the rest of his possessions. He don't even want to have those anymore because he wants to only dedicate himself to this treasure that he has found and to rediscover it and to obtain it. And, um, and it's the same in the kingdom of God, in, uh, in our lives, in our spiritual well-being, is those who are in genuine faith involves embracing and yielding God's reign in their lives and it's precious to them. It's something that they celebrate and that they are not taking for granted and not passing by. They won't walk um, around these treasures and, um, and just go on with everyday life because they want to actually uh, prioritize this. And, uh, you know, I do realize that, um, you know, when he first discovered this um, treasure, he was not in ownership of it yet. Um, he was about to, and he had a plan in his um, heart and mind. But I can tell you, um, you, you cannot fully recognize it until you own it. Um, and, 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 and I guess this is the, the difference. For him, it meant that action was busy speaking uh, when he uh, went to sell everything that he had. Now, I've seen this in our own life. You know, we... Uh, our tenants at a house and it's it's always very difficult to uh, to you know live in somebody else's house and rent it uh, because you don't take the same kind of ownership of somebody else's house than your own if it's your own if you're the landlord of that house you know your perspective is that you've worked hard for it and you know what it means to replace anything that um, you know that gets broken for, for the person that are living in the house, they know it's to the expense and to the hard labor of uh, the landlord. So there's something precious that kicks in when ownership starts to take place in our lives. And it's with the spiritual principles of God exactly the same. Some of us for the rest of our lives are committed to be part of the kingdom and serving another man's vision and serving, you know, the... Um, uh, the principles of God rather than to take ownership and to make it part of our lives and and you know so we've been painting this holiday you know even though we tenants you know one thing that we do know and, and maybe I should just add this um, you know it's strange how if you were a landlord before or you know to replace things how your perspective start to change you know I've seen it with my kids um, you know, when they work very hard to obtain that mobile phone or, you know, the, the clothes that they're even wearing. Um, you know, if they've done their chores and they got little, you know, uh, pocket money um, and they've done a few things to actually uh, uh, attain, um, you know, finances uh, to, to buy something, they look after those things. But if you just buy them things and you just give it to them, uh, they don't care about it. They just um, don't take ownership of it. And, and this is a, a, the crux of, you know, a lot of what's happening in this peasant's life. He realized that he can actually obtain it. He can get it. He can reach out to it and make it his own. And 
ownership brings a responsibility. So, so you also realize, you know, I've, I've seen this, you know, when it comes to tenants that are youthful or students, you know, um, they, they don't have that sense of responsibility because they, they've never replaced a pipe themselves or, you know, painted a wall themselves. So they don't know how hard it is to actually keep things and maintain things um, in their lives. Until they must do it themselves, then they will uh, not waste, you know, other people's time and money. Um, and, and this is exactly what happens here, because ownership brings responsibility to obtain and maintain, um, you know, this treasure, this thing of great value. And um, I've seen it the longer we are living here in the UK, you know, it's just precious how the more you labor and you trust God for for things to happen and you plow into people's lives and you you know you're on the trenches together and you you see breakthroughs and you pray for one another and you you know the more you start to love the country and, and you don't take things for granted you know even when we passed places like um, Portsmouth and Plymouth um, over the, the holiday period you know I, I realized I saw these um, little private yachts and, and, and ships you know that um, that is all along the coast and uh, I was just reminded, you know, of how precious it was, you know, during Second World War. Um, these boats, you know, Churchill just asked the uh, the private uh, boat owners to to actually go and save uh, the um, the soldiers there at Dunkirk, you know, um, just to take their private yachts and sail over the. Um, um, the the English Channel and to to go and fetch the soldiers that were trapped at that stage on the beach there at Dunkirk, as um, the German soldiers you know just uh, pushed them out of um, France, and so private uh, boat owners went all the way over the Channel. They uh, went and, and fetched the soldiers, the men as many as they could, and brought them back to um, to the shores of of uh, the United Kingdom. And you know, when, when I when I think of those, I you know, you understand the culture better because you understand that, you know, maybe I've not sacrificed so much, but the people that went before me, um, you know, sacrificed a lot for what I am receiving today. And when you have an appreciation for that, you start to see the value of everything that you. Um, you know are experiencing and we see this countries all over the world you know when as soon as we start to forget you know the sacrifice and things that people did before us we start to experience just the you know the the total disregard of what is precious but when we we discover it when we see it when we start to uh, to appreciate it uh, it it opens a whole new world to us and, and this is what this um, piece of scripture is actually um, reaching out to us toward, is the fact that um, this man knew that it, it would cost him everything, but it will uh, gain him everything. And for us, the kingdom of God is like this, a place where you and I prioritize our lives and, and, and start to appreciate God for, for what he is doing in our lives. And so... Uh, the second part then of that uh, verse is actually one that um, compares it with a uh, a merchant, you know, an affluent merchant that actually uh, went and we know those days, you know, in the Mediterranean Sea uh, to get pearls was, you know, a, quite a big um, thing because it was tremendously, um, extremely uh, expensive. Um, and so, so this merchant is not just looking for a pearl, but the a, a pearl of great value and when he get that he will sell all of his possessions and he will he will follow that he will um, get that attain to it and and this is what this parable is about is is do we actually embrace as mature christians the ability to value that which christ has come to do for us the fact that he went before us and gave up his life so that we can have a life of abundance um, because the kingdom and the, the beauty of the kingdom in our lives should readjust everything that we do so that we will give it up for that which is precious. But even more than that, it's expecting of the teacher 
or the person um, understanding the kingdom to not just uh, uh, receive the value of the kingdom, but to talk about it, to spread it, to actually, um, you know, let others experience it as well. And I've seen it with my wife, you know, we've moved in a, into a new house. And that's why we do a lot of renovations, you know, just to get it um, to, to work for us. And, you know, luckily we've got good landlords that gives us, you know, money to improve their, um, uh, their property. And, uh, but we've worked hard, you know, there's a lot of painting that we've done and we've built things and, you know, we're always improving um, this little house. And um, so during lockdown, nobody could see the house. Uh, we were unpacking and, you know, uh, as I say, painting and whatever. And, uh, but now as we approach a more open environment where people can actually come and visit the house, we, um, we see something different now, you know, the kids already know when the doorbell rings, you know, the first thing that will happen is people will get a tour through the house. So we already, you know, uh, find our seats there in the back garden while Milani, my wife, um, you know, takes the, the guest uh, with a tour through, uh, through the whole house and tells them, this is how it looked and even show them the pictures of it, you know, and, and this is how it looks now, you know, and uh, I can tell you our family that is abroad, um, you know, get often pictures of updates on, uh, you know, the things that we improve in and around the house. But it's precious. When, whenever you find something that is precious and you worked hard for it and you, you know, you labored for it because it's precious to you. Um, you start to take ownership of it and you want to speak about it. You want to tell the world about it. You know, my wife even put it on Facebook and, uh, you know, people see it because she's proud of what, what's happened in our house, you know, and, um, and is happening. And this is what this, um, both the, the peasant and the merchant is experiencing, you know, something that they would give up their lives for. But how do we obtain this? It says actually that they had to relinquish everything uh, to obtain this thing that is precious. And I think that many of us in the kingdom of God don't understand how precious the kingdom is. And we, we can't put our, you know, our whole heart into it because we're not even win willing to sacrifice for it. We're not willing to allow God to transform us and to give up you know, some of our comfort and and um, the things that, um, you know, is, is precious to us so that we can get the thing of most importance. And, um, and so as soon as this field was uh, legally this peasant's um, uh, uh, um, of his ownership and, and he received it, you know, he could go back and discover this treasure, make it his own and start to live it out. Now, you know, many of these treasure discovering stories that you always hear on, um, you know, on the TV is uh, always about how the person then when they attain this big rich treasure, how they would spend it extravagantly and uh, even lose it, you know, because they don't have an appreciation for it. And, you know, or, uh, or even how they would negotiate and um, and even compromise to get this treasure, but not in this story, because Jesus's focus is not in what you would get and the amazing lifestyle change that will uh, take place and, you know, the uh, extravagant lifestyle that you will experience when you serve him. Um, and, and also not about the compromise in what you must give up and, you know, a negotiation even about what you should give and what he's going to give you. That's not where Jesus' heart is at. <laughs> when he speaks about this principle of the kingdom, he's actually talking about one thing only. And that is what you're going to give up. <laughs> because it's precious, you will have to give up everything. And so... Let me quickly read to you Luke chapter 14, verse 25 to 35. Now great crowds accompanied him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Oh, this is a difficult one. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. 
For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going out to encounter another king at war will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Salt is good, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is of no use, either for soil or for the manure pile. It is thrown away. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, also here it says, those who have ears. So, I want to say that when it gets to, how do we obtain that which is precious, that which is valuable? It means that we will give up everything, but not everyone will give up everything. And I want to be clear about that this morning. I do realize that not everyone can give that commitment and, uh, and wants to give it um, in this lifetime. So why do we seek the precious then? We seek the present, pre precious um, because um, of Matthew 13. But before I get there, maybe I should just say this. Jesus now returns to a topic that he earlier you know, spoke about in uh, chapter 13, and um, he speaks about the final judgment, and he actually speaks about how it will be revealed, the fruit in people's lives, um, if it was, first of all, worth it to give up everything, <laughs> um, because there will be a day of judgment, and there will be a day of reward, and those days will teach us, you know, if everything that we gave up was worth it. <laughs> Um, those days will, will also reveal to us who was those who made the decision to, uh, to make him the most important thing. So let's read verse 46 of uh, chapter 13. Who on the finding of a pearl of great value went and sold and had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and gathered, gathered fish of every kind. When it was full, men drew ashore and sat down and sorted the good into containers but threw away the bad so it will be at the end of the age the angels will come and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace and the place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth now listen to this um, Jesus always used parables that were relevant to the society that he was busy preaching to to the community and their needs so most of them being fishermen, Jesus brings it back to a place of talking about fish. And, you know, in this Galilee area, we also know that, you know, I think they said there was about 24 pieces, uh, a species of, of fish, you know, different fish uh, species in, in the Sea of Galilee. Um, so clearly some of those fish were edible and some not was inedible you know some was healthy and some was tasty and some were not we know that about fish but but now jesus is using this parable because he's actually saying that you know different than that in matthew 4 verse 19 when he said to them follow me and i will make you fishes of men we know that at that stage jesus was saying to them gather make sure to buy people into this vision of the rule and reign of God, the kingdom, gather them. But in this gathering, there will um, not everyone will be able to stick till the end. Not everyone will hear the gospel um, now already. Some will only hear it later, and some will only embrace it later. So we don't know. But what he is saying is that, you know, in in, in chapter four, verse nineteen, he's actually speaking about, you know. Let's, let's go and gather um, 
and make sure that our focus is to gather in as much as we can to buy into the kingdom principle. But now in, in verse um, 46 of chapter 13, Jesus is actually talking about something different. He's talking about now we've gathered all the fish and as the fish were gathered in together, there's different species, there's edible, not edible, and they will be sorted so that the best ones, or not the best ones, but the edible ones, the one that qualifies, the ones that actually is tasty, they will make it to the right container. And, um, and as unfortunate as it is, I can tell you that the fruit will show for those who actually embrace the value of the treasure. And we don't know how fair and unfair it is on who got exposure and not exposure. We can only submit ourselves to the total sovereign will of God and our ability to share to as many people as possible the good news. And the way that they respond to that allows them to actually experience the fruit of God in their lives. And so I want to say to you that the reason why we want to um, gather this um, uh, treasure, why we want to obtain this treasure, is it brings fruit in our lives and it brings the, the, the wealth of experience, a God that reaches out to us and gave us everything. That gave up His life so that we can attain the life and abundance that we are experiencing. And so... Um, Matthew 13 verse 24 says, uh, He put out another parable before them, saying, and this is also in chapter 13, but we're going a few verses back now. Um, so I'm, I'm jumping around in uh, chapter 13. He put another parable before them and saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, did you not sow seeds, good seeds in your field? How then does it have weeds? He said to them, An enemy has done this. So the servant said to him, they, Do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, No. Lest in Gathering the weeds, you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and bind them into bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into the, uh, the barn. So until the final day, Jesus will continue eating, um, be eating with sinners. He uh, will seek and save the lost. Um, and it's the same for us. As the church, as the people of God, we are supposed not to just be here in the church, experiencing fellowship together and you know, spending amazing times together. But we should go out there and go and share with others the experience of what God has done in our lives. Because we found a treasure. And we need to share this treasure with people around us. And so the one thing that we do know is that as we go into a time of, of gathering where Christ will bring an end to this age, the more we get closer to, uh, to the end of time, um, the divide between those who know Christ and those who follow Him and then those who, um, who does not treasure and find, um, you know, the, the, the value of this treasure um, will become greater and greater. We'll see that that divide will just become so great that it will be difficult to put your feet or your foot into one world and also in another. Because you will have to make sure to prioritize that which is most important to you and the times that we are living in now calls out for a time of prioritizing our lives and to readjust our lives according to the 
the, the most important thing, the treasure in our lives. And it also exposes us in the fruit on what is most precious to us. And, um, and so I can tell you, uh, you know, there's a value in, in serving God and to even sacrificing our lives to Him. But it says that this peasant did it gladly. Why? Because it was precious. So, in conclusion, let me just leave a few uh, thoughts with you. The first thing is, don't expect to receive revelation from God concerning spiritual things if you are not willing to count the cost to follow Him. It is going to cost you. There's no two ways about it. You need to count the cost and you need to follow Him wholeheartedly. And your priority in life cannot be wholeheartedly in the world and wholeheartedly in Christ. You know, you can't be half-hearted. You can't think that uh, you can serve both. You must make a decision to follow Christ and Him alone and to make Him the most precious thing in your life. Secondly, following Him is not a burden. Can I say that again? It's not a burden. Uh, but it says that this peasant, in his joy, goes and sells all that he has. It's a focus change. So, yes, it's, it, it's not a burden, but it's a focus toward that which is precious. And if you see that precious thing, and if you appreciate and, and find value in Christ as the only source of life for you, you will start to appreciate and do it with joy, because nothing, sacrificing anything, would... Um, be of no problem for you because you just want to attain a loving relationship with them. Thirdly, ownership through sacrifice and appreciation unlock our priority toward what is precious. Let me read it again. Ownership through sacrifice and appreciation unlock our priority toward what is precious. You know, when you make a choice to sacrifice or a, point, uh, uh, a choice to, to not just sacrifice, but to prioritize Christ, you also will see that they, your perspective will start to change. Fourthly, we are called to eat with all people, trusting that they will see in due course. Christ has called us for all people. Nobody is too lost. Nobody is written off. Christ is reaching right into the heart of the greatest of sinners uh, to see them being transformed. So don't tell me the, the, the ground is too hard or that people are not willing to receive um, the gospel of Christ. People are ready. They want to receive the gospel. Stop being ashamed of the gospel. Stop being ashamed and, and telling yourself that you're going to scheme and connive and try to um, you know, be sensitive to people around you, not to reach them, you know, or, or to uh, impeach on their, um, you know, uh, um, lifestyles. No, the gospel is powerful. And you will have to make a stance in knowing that if you are not going to, um, to, to recognize Jesus as the priority in your life, it's going to be very difficult. To experience the value and the fruit that it produces. Number five, the divide between those seeing and those who can't see the treasures will become greater. Don't be offended if people don't see what you are seeing. Because you can see the treasure does not mean that other people are seeing the same. But you must allow them to... Um, to have the opportunity. Number six. The, those that value the kingdom. That's now his rule and reign. Will be healthy. And useful. In those nets that are gathering all. You know those who. Uh, who value the kingdom. Will be healthy. They will be edible. They will be precious. Now, I like some, uh, 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 a thing that Rick Warren wrote. He said, uh, the best use of life is love. 
The best expression of love is time. The best time to love is now. For you and I, you know, unless we can start to prioritize now, God, through the time and effort and priorities in our lives, it will be very difficult to make a transition to making the most valuable thing in our lives. And I want to end off this morning in saying to you, stop wasting your time um, rushing off to all the crises in your life. The smoke screens and the fire that's burning up the harvest. The produce that Christ wants to bring into your life. You know, you've been distracted too long. It's time for produce. Can I just say this very bold statement this morning? Wherever Christ is, there is abundance and multiplication. We cannot fool ourselves in saying, you know, that um, as long as we have and survive just, you know, everyday life. No, where Christ is, multiplication happens. Christ teaches us to overcome, to rule, to reign, to... Yes, it goes through hardship, and it, but it goes through breakthroughs. You know, it, uh, it allows us to taste the magnificent prize and treasure that He is, because He is abundance. Christ did not uh, allow anything to oppress or rule over His life. He started to rule through the power of His Father. And I want to encourage you this morning, stop surviving and stop telling yourself that you are alright. <laughs> Start to embrace a lifestyle where Christ is the priority. You know, stop telling yourself that one day and someday I'm going to receive Christ and make Him the most important thing in my life. Now is the time. The time to love is now. The time to embrace people around you and, and to reach out to them because of the goodness and grace of God in your life is now. But you will have to make the choice. You will have to make the transition. You will have to give up everything. And so um, I'm ending off this morning and I want to ask you if, if you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you're sitting there um, watching the internet now and you've never been challenged by a, a person even knowing uh, Christ to make a choice. I want to say to you this morning, this is the time. It's the time to actually meet Christ in a very personal way because I can promise you when he reaches out to you and you start to see the treasure you will give up everything you will leave everything that you have and you will start to live for him wholeheartedly because there's a price and a reward that nobody can offer you and so this morning I want to ask you if you are at a place in your life where you need to receive Christ and I want to ask you to follow with me in a prayer and, um, and even to use our chat option, you know, send an email and we'll contact you or we'll email you or even just uh, there's a chat function through Messenger on, uh, on Facebook or WhatsApp. I know there's a WhatsApp option on our um, um, website as well. You know, use the opportunity to reach out. But I'm going to pray now and if you are at a place where the Holy Spirit is tugging at your heart to receive Christ as Lord and Savior, then I want you to pray with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I want to make the wonderful choice today to follow you. I want the rule and reign of God in my life. I want to walk away from my sinful nature of the past, the things that binds me to the old thinking, the, uh, the way of just indulging um, into an extravagant lifestyle and, and maybe not even extravagant, but, but maybe just a lifestyle of survival. Oh God, this morning, I choose to lay those things down. I repent of all the wrongdoing of the past. 
I repent of the sins that I committed myself to. And I do realize that you say in your word that if I do so this morning, if I uh, ask for forgiveness, then you come and wash me and cleanse me from all the filthiness of the past. And I have the ability to walk forward as a clean slate person. And this morning I choose that. I choose to to embrace you, Jesus, into my life. I receive you into my heart, into my life, and I ask you to take the steering wheel of my life and to control my life, to, to make the decisions on my behalf so that I will be able to experience a life in abundance, a life of earning um, the great reward, and that is a relationship with you. And we know that we can earn nothing, and I, I want to be very clear about that this morning. I know, God, that we cannot earn anything, but I know also that it's precious when we surrender to you because then, Father God, we will carry our loads easily (laughs) because it's fun. It's fun to seek the most precious treasure. Thank you, Christ, for coming into my heart. Thank you for taking control. I choose to follow you and do whatever you ask me to do. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you've made that decision, please make sure to contact us, to connect with us. We would love to to journey with you um, so that the enemy will not bring in lies into your life and tell you that you are not worth it. You are totally worth it. And we, uh, we want to celebrate with you in making this choice today. Uh, and we are trusting God for you to go from glory to glory. In Jesus' name, amen.